Hey there, my dears. We're at lesson 135. Now, I have to tell you that this lesson, entitled If I Defend Myself, I Am Attacked, and a sister lesson that says In My Defenselessness, My Safety Lies, are the two longest lessons in the entire workbook. So this must be an important point. Both of these are four and a half pages long. Nothing else is four and a half pages long. So it must be we need to pay close attention to this. So let's see what it has to say. It says, who would defend himself unless he thought he were attacked, that the attack were real and that his own defense could save himself? Right off the bat with that first sentence, doesn't that sound true? It's like, my gosh, I got to protect myself. Whether it's lock the door, protective clothing, have nuclear bombs, whatever it is. And herein lies the folly of defense. It gives illusions, our hallucinations, full reality. We're absolutely convinced this is real. It's a pretend situation, but it seems real to us. And then attempt to handle these hallucinations as if they were real. It adds illusions to illusions, thus making correction doubly difficult. And it's this we do when we attempt to plan the future. Who would have guessed planning? It's going to talk a lot about that. Activate the past or organize the present as you wish. Remember, we organize the present according to what the ego mind thinks will bring it comfort and safety. So you operate from the belief that you must protect yourself from what is happening because it must contain what threatens you. A sense of threat is an acknowledgement of an inherent weakness, a belief that there is danger which has the power to call on you to make appropriate defense. In other words, there's stuff out there independent from you that's out to get you. The world is based on this absolutely insane belief. And listen to this very carefully. All its structures, its thoughts and doubts, its penalties, its heavy armaments, its legal definitions and its codes, its ethics, its leaders and its gods all serve but to preserve this sense of threat. For no one walks the world in armature but must have terror striking at his heart. In other words, the more we defend ourselves, the more endangered we feel because remember, what you pay attention to grows larger. So to defend yourself is like a prayer for more to defend yourself from. Not a smart idea. Defense is frightening. It stems from fear, increasing fear as each defense is made. You think it offers safety. Now notice, even on a global level, the more armature there is out there, the less safe everybody feels. And anybody that has one brain cell functioning can see this in action. It speaks of fear made real, and terror justified? Is it not strange that you don't pause to ask as you elaborate your plans and make your armor thicker and your locks more tight, what are you defending and how and against what? So let's consider first what you defend. It must be something that's very weak, easily assaulted, it must be something that's made easy prey, unable to protect itself, and needing your defense.
Well, what but the body has such frailty that constant care and watchful deep concern are needful to protect its little life? What but the body falters and must fail to serve the Son of God as worthy host? You can tell that we've bought into the body is very frail. The pharmaceutical companies love this since we are bombarded with ads about how to make the body safe. Yet it's not the body that can fear nor be a thing of fear. The body itself isn't afraid. It doesn't have any needs except those you assign to it. So it does not need any complicated structures of defense, no health-inducing medicine, no care, and no concern at all. Now listen to this carefully. Defend its life, or give it gifts to make it beautiful, or walls to make it safe, and you but say your home is open to the thief of time, corruptible and crumbling, so unsafe it must be guarded with your very life. Isn't this picture fearful? Can you possibly be at peace with such a concept of your home? Yet what endowed the body with the right to serve you thus except your own belief? You see, we insist that the body's function is to serve the ego mind. In other words, to promote the story of me. So it is your mind which gave the body all the functions that you see in it and set its value far beyond a little pile of dust and water. I forget what the actual elements of the body are worth, but I don't know, something like $2. So who would make defense of something if he recognized all this? The body is in need of no defense. This cannot too often be emphasized. It's going to be strong and healthy if the mind does not abuse it by assigning to it roles it can't fill to purposes beyond its scope and to exalted aims which it cannot accomplish. Such attempts, ridiculous yet deeply cherished, are the sources of all the mad attacks you made upon it. It seems to fail your hopes, your needs, your values, and your dreams. You see, we attack the bodies because we've decided bodies are supposed to make us safe and happy and desirable. We have all kinds of assignments for this body. And when that doesn't work out well, this is like attacking the telephone. If you don't like the message, we're told the body is a communication device, period. But we're the ones who are giving the messages. The messages do not originate with the body any more than messages originate with a telephone. The self that needs protection isn't real. The body, valueless and hardly worth the least defense, just needs to be perceived as apart from you. In other words, it's like your clothes aren't part of you. You related with them, but they aren't you. The body, valueless and hardly worth the least defense, need merely be perceived as apart from you, and it becomes a healthy, serviceable instrument through which the mind can operate until its usefulness is over. Like the telephone, you keep talking in it until you've delivered your message. So who would want to keep it when its usefulness is done? When I moved to Florida from Colorado, I left a lot of my winter coats behind. I didn't need a winter coat in Florida. You just let go of what you no longer need. The body is done when I'm finished using it as a communication device. Okay, defend the body and you have attacked 
your mind. For you have seen in the mind, that means the sense of ourselves, the faults, the weaknesses, the limits, the lacks from which you think the body must be saved. It's like, oh dear, you will not see the mind as separate from bodily conditions. In other words, when we think terrible things about ourselves, that has a bodily equivalent. And you will impose upon the body all the pain that comes from the conception of the mind as limited, fragile, apart from other minds, and separated from its source. These are the thoughts in need of healing because they are so grossly incorrect. And the body will respond with health when they've been corrected and replaced with the truth. This is the body's only real defense. Yet is this where you look for its defense? You offer it protection of a kind from which it gains no benefit at all, but merely adds to your distress of mind. That's all the magic, all the right eating, all the medicine. Now there's nothing the matter with magic, just don't think it gets you anywhere. You do not heal, but you merely take away the hope of healing. For you fail to see where hope must lie if it's going to be meaningful. Now, here's one that really gets your attention. And it has several paragraphs about this. A healed mind does not plan. It doesn't plan. It seems like from the time I was old enough to walk, it was about you have to plan. It carries out the plans that it receives through listening to wisdom that's not its own, your own intuition or guidance. It waits until it's been taught what should be done and then proceeds to do it, like today in this moment. It doesn't depend upon itself for anything except its adequacy to fulfill the plans assigned to it. Nothing is going to assign a plan to us that we can't actually execute. It is secure in its certainty that obstacles cannot impede its progress to accomplishment of any goal that serves the greater good. And this is made known to us through our intuition. It's heading us toward waking up, joining, becoming real, recognizing how much we're loved. A healed mind is relieved of the belief that it must plan, although it can't possibly know the outcome which is best. It can't know the means by which it's achieved, nor do we have any way to recognize the problem that the plan is made to solve. That's a whole lot of stuff we don't know. It must misuse the body in all these plans until it recognizes that this is so. But when it has accepted this is true, then it can be healed and it lets the body go. Enslavement of the body to the plans the unhealed mind sets up to save itself must make the body sick. You see, because the more endangered we feel, the more we tell the body that we're being attacked and the body therefore follows suit and seems to be attacked. So it's not free to be the means of helping in a plan which far exceeds its own little protection and which needs its service for a little while. We all have a unique contribution to make that moves us all toward experiencing more love, being more real, having more joy, being more deeply at peace. We each have our own part of this plan. And if we choose to serve this in this capacity, our health is assured. For everything that the mind employs for this will function flawlessly and with all the strength that's been given it and cannot 
fail. Now, see, when we try to execute our own plans, we don't have this insurance policy. But if we're following our guidance, then we can rest knowing we've got all the help in the world we need. It's perhaps not easy to perceive that self-initiated plans are just defenses. In other words, ego plans are always about trying to defend myself against being attacked, being found out, being seen not to be okay, and so on. With the purpose, all of them were made to realize we're trying to stay safe. These are the means by which a frightened mind would undertake its own protection at the cost of truth, at the cost of relationships, at the cost of everything. So this is not difficult to realize in some forms which these self-deceptions take. We recognize walls, we recognize armor, etc., where the denial of reality is very obvious. Yet planning is not often recognized as a defense. The mind engaged in planning for itself is occupied by setting up control of future happenings. How many people are trying to plan for their retirement 20 years from now, are trying to plan what's going to happen in their job, or trying to plan about their kids, but it's the focus is in the future. It doesn't think that it will be provided for unless it makes its own provisions. We act like and believe we are totally on our own. It's up to us to somehow make it and stay safe for our few little years on the planet. So time becomes the future emphasis to be controlled by learning and experience obtained from the past events and previous beliefs. That means it doesn't include the future because it can't know it, and it overlooks the present. You see, this now moment is the new clean moment when things can be different. But we pay no attention to this present because we're now resting on the idea that the past has taught us all we need to know to let the mind direct its future course. We think, okay, I'm a grown-up. I know how the world works. I know what's dangerous. I know what I have to protect against, blah, blah, blah. The mind that plans is thus refusing to allow for change because change can happen now in this moment if I stop thinking about past and future. What it has learned becomes the basis for its future goals. Its past experience directs its choice of what will happen, and it does not see that here and now is everything it needs to guarantee a future quite unlike the past without this continuity of old ideas and sick beliefs. Anticipation plays no part at all, for present confidence directs the way. Because you see, a change of mind is our goal for today. The ego hates this idea. It likes the continuity of past and future. It gives it some sense of stability, so it wants to just gloss right over the fact that things could be different in this present moment. It avoids the present moment. So our next paragraph says, The defenses are the plans you undertake to make against the truth. Their aim is to select what you approve, disregard what you consider incompatible with your beliefs of your reality, and yet what remains is meaningless. For it is your reality, the oneness of us, that is the threat. Egos don't want us to experience oneness, and this is what your defenses would attack and obscure and take apart 
and crucify. So what could you not accept if you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and to come, that's everything in our lives, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good. Perhaps you've misunderstood his plan for he would never offer pain to you. Now, you might say, that is ridiculous. All kinds of awful things have happened in my life. It can't possibly be good if my house burns down, if my child commits suicide, um, if I starve to death. That can't possibly be good. But this key, perhaps you have misunderstood his plan for he would never offer pain to you, but your defenses. You see, your defenses ruin everything. Your defenses, where you put your attention, didn't let you see his loving blessing shine in every step you ever took. While you made plans for death and got to be right about that, as a matter of fact, he led you gently to eternal life toward waking up. Your present trust in him, in the love that is present in you, that is you, is the defense I don't like to think of it as the defense so much as the strategy that promises a future undisturbed, without a trace of sorrow, with joy that constantly increases as this life becomes a holy instant, set in time, but heeding only immortality. So let no defenses except your present trust direct the future. In other words, start with a new now moment. Start with a new day and let the presence and the intuition and the relief of today direct the future. And this life becomes a meaningful encounter with the truth, with the loving truth. And only defenses conceal it. It's right here, right now, already. Without defenses, so that we can finally see, you become a light which heaven gratefully acknowledges to be its own. And it's going to lead us in ways appointed for our happiness according to this ancient plan. Begun when time was born. The instant time was born, correction was instantly given, which is that atonement principle, a return back to the awareness of ourselves and that we never left. Your followers will join their light with yours and will be increased until the world is lighted up with joy. And gladly will everyone lay aside these cumbersome defenses, whether those are personal defenses or military defenses, whatever they are, that avail them nothing and could only terrify. So we're going to anticipate this time today with present confidence, for this is part of what was planned for us. We're going to be sure that everything we need is given us for our accomplishment of this. We're going to make no plans for how it's going to be done, but realize our defenselessness, our just being present without an agenda is all that's required for this truth to dawn upon our minds. If we stop planning and thinking, 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 because obviously planning requires thinking, then we can settle. So in our practice periods for 15 minutes, twice today, we're going to rest from senseless planning and from every thought. Those are those little personal self thoughts, the story of me thoughts 
that block the truth from entering the mind. So today we're going to receive instead of plan, because that's about getting something, that we may give instead of organize. I love that. I'm a big organization person. And we are given truly, as we say, if I defend myself, I am attacked. But in defenselessness, I will be strong and I will learn what my defenses hide. Remember, attention is key. If I am defenseless, I am proclaiming no one's guilty. I don't deserve to be hurt. I'm not going to be hurt. And sure enough, you won't be. That's all there is to it. Now, if there are plans to make, you'll be told of them. They may not be the plans you thought were needed, nor indeed the answers to the problems you thought confronted you. But these are answers to another kind of question, like, what are you in the first place? Which remains unanswered, yet in need of answering, until the big answer comes to you at last. Until the truth of you is revealed. So your ego mind might think, this is not what's supposed to be happening today. And yet, how often in retrospect, if you pay attention, you can look back and think, oh, thank goodness I didn't get my way. Or you would have no idea what something that just dropped in today leads to later on, and you can see its relevance. So all your defenses have been aimed at not receiving what you will receive today, which is a step toward experiencing your own oneness. And in the light and joy of simple trust, you will wonder why you ever thought you have to be defended from release, because release is where joy and peace come from. Heaven or oneness doesn't ask for anything. It's hell that makes extravagant demands for sacrifice. You give up nothing in these times today when undefended, you present yourself to your creator as you really are. You experience, you at least are willing to experience oneness. He's remembered you. So today we're going to remember him for this is Easter time in our salvation. Remember, Easter time is about resurrection or coming back alive. And you rise again from what was seeming death and hopelessness. Now is the light of hope reborn, for now you come without defense to learn the part for you within the plan of God. What little plans or magical beliefs can still have value? This little story of me and how I'm going to be safe. When you have received your function from the voice for God himself, from that deep guided intuition, for you cannot conceive of all the happiness that comes to you without your planning. So learn this today. And all the world will take this giant stride and celebrate your Easter time, your coming back to life with you. Throughout the day, as foolish little things appear to raise defensiveness in you and tempt you to engage in weaving plans, oh my gosh, I've got to stay safe, I don't think I am, remind yourself this is a special day for learning and acknowledge it with this. This is my Easter time. This is my time to finally come back to life, to realize what I am, and I'm going to keep it holy. I will not defend myself. Because the Son of God, all of creation, needs no defense against the truth 
of his reality. Very long lesson, but you can see how central defensiveness, both individually and collectively, is to us and how damaging it is and how much we must go entirely in the opposite direction, which seems very counterintuitive. That's the path we must tread. Have a great practice. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye.